You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode two, two. We are of two. season number three already. Uh, sitting in the room with me is Angie Brenneman, our family pastor here. I'm Chris Knight, senior pastor, Walkie MC. And Angie, we're in week two of a sermon series taking place at Walkie MC entitled Rooted. And so we're going to continue the conversation today surrounding that sermon series. Right. It's in Second Peter that we're sitting, but I kind of wanted to hit on this um, this t- uh, time a little bit of background of this whole idea of rooted and this uh, theme that is here. And if you can um, find us in the app or in uh, the U version app, uh, Chris has his notes. You can find us on uh, YouTube. You can find us on the web um, where you listen to uh, your podcast, and you see this tree. And it's our graphic, right? It's our graphic. Sure, the logo for the series. Yeah, yep. the logo. And so as I was sitting there, I'm like, we haven't really uh, talked a little bit about how this tree applies to this idea of growing and being rooted. And then I was sitting there on Sunday morning taking my notes as I listened to Chris because I'm hearing it for the first time just like you all on a Sunday morning. And I come back to 2001. Yes, Dan and I were married in November of 2001. And we go up to this little parsonage in Elkton, Michigan, as a youth pastor. And I was working for Youth for Christ. And we had this little parsonage in the middle of town. And in our backyard, that probably wasn't bigger than, I don't know, maybe 100 yards. (laughs) It wasn't a very big backyard. We had a monstrous tree. But it wasn't just any tree. It was a pine tree. Do you like pine trees, Chris? I do. It uh, makes me think of northern Michigan right. uh, or out west. Right. Uh, so def- you say a, a really large tree. Give me an idea. No, like 40 foot plus. Okay. Like beautiful, like leaves that, I mean, branches that were just full and green. And they came down. And you know what? Just last night I looked on a, a photo frame in our house. And there is our first Christmas picture as a married couple in front of this tree. You know, it had the first snow. Because, you know, in Michigan, it actually snows during um, <laughs> Christmas. When it's and supposed winter. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right around here. We're not um, having really winter. But um, so anyways, we have this beautiful tree and we're living there for the the first year and it's gorgeous it's gorgeous year round and it has beautiful um pine cones and fruit and all that different things that just kind of sit on its uh, uh branches but then come the winds of the thumb of michigan i don't know if you've ever been in anywhere flat but um you often find that windmills are really popular in flat areas well the thumb of michigan is like that we had a storm one night and it came across and just so you know, we only had probably like 20 yards of clearance between the tree and our house. <laughs> and the tree was 40 foot, so it was pretty big. We walk outside, and this tree, the whole ground is uprooted. And guess how long the roots were? Two to three feet. Wow. Yeah. So here you got this 40-foot beautiful tree, but you only got two to three feet of roots. And I sat there, and I thought, This is a total analogy for where our faith, our Christian walk can be. We can look beautiful on the outside. We can serve. We can have a lot of things. But if our roots aren't deep and really secure in who God is, what he has called us to be, and how we are in relationship with others, those roots go down, they go deep, and they weather the storms. Because guess what, Chris? Storms are going to come no matter what. That's right. 
So do you see this as a problem? I know the analogy you're making in a follower of Jesus. Uh, too often we don't have a tendency to put down deep enough roots. Do you see this as a problem today? Yeah, because I think storms are inevitable. And I, I think that even as we talk through the passage of Scripture today, I don't think Peter, sitting in a prison cell, was without a storm in his own life. So oftentimes storms give us perspective and change us. And uh, I think we either become bitter or become better. And the thing is, the bitterness takes us down. It kind of kills us. It, it destroys the root. Another analogy that Dan and I were even talking about this week was the corn. I don't. We're, we live in the Midwest, so we see corn all summer long. And we know that when there's a drought, it's a big deal. Because what happens is the corn doesn't take its roots down deep. And so then it can look beautiful because we all know that we see green corn, but there's no fruit in that. And so um, I just think that oftentimes we want to look a certain way when actually we're supposed to be digging our roots deep. And it's actually in the being and the knowledge and the understanding and the practice of what that digging deep really means. And so that's what you've called this series rooted for. Right. I'm convinced of this. You and I do our share of counseling on the side. And I'm convinced of this, that if we would take spiritual growth and development seriously, that doesn't mean we're not going to need counseling by any means. So I'm not saying that at all. However, I do think that we handle the storms differently. When we have the roots and we understand that challenges and tough times come, and really the the positions we should take in those times, the truths we should cling to in those times, uh, the verses we should cling to in those times, uh, then I think we find ourselves much more stable than maybe a tree that's 40 foot tall with two foot roots. Right. And so I really, um, I think that all of us know that there's something in our lives that we need deep roots for that's even happening right now. And so I love what um, we, we dove in last week and we really talked about who Peter was and how that just gives us a challenge to really submit to God. And right. that's the number one thing. And here he is. Now he's giving us instruction on how to live it out. And so why don't we start right there in that second Peter chapter one? Let me remind us of the context, though, too, because Peter is facing a significant storm. He is under the impression and with knowledge that he has weeks to live. And so, therefore, he's writing this letter. And I think as a listener or a reader of this letter, we should sense the urgency at which he writes. And so he's suggesting to us, you must put down roots. Uh, These are commands that he gives us. This isn't like, hey, if you feel like it, or if you sense the need for this in your life, or you think this might help you a little bit, uh, then take this advice. No, that's not what he's saying. Listen, followers of Jesus, those who are coming behind me, those generations to follow us who were firsthand apostles, disciples, you need to, to take this seriously. You need to be rooted. And so this week, as we jumped in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, uh, I really sensed that this is a command that he is saying. He's saying to us, in all of this, in view of all this, which is simply a way of saying, much like we talked about last week, you have to go back and remind ourselves, what did 1 through 4 say? And it gave us a lot of great input, like, you, you have everything you need to live a godly life. In view of all this, uh, you share in the glorious faith that we have. Uh, you need more and more knowledge when you want more and more grace grace, and so on like that. But he goes back, he says in verse 5, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise. Now, when I when I was reading this, when I was studying this, certain words jump out to me. And I think Peter is such a prolific writer. He doesn't take 10 verses to make one point. He takes 
one verse and makes a bunch, a bunch of points, of points <laughs> in that, one that you could jump off almost to a whole sermon series on. And when he says, make every effort, uh, to me, that's such a clear, concise way to say, take this seriously. Don't mess around with this. Give it your all. Give it your all to do what? To respond to God's promises. Yeah. Um, I think we you mentioned it Sunday, is that it's really important that in this step is when we say and make every effort, it's actually influencing yourself to do the hard things. Yeah. And I think we forget because, okay, I admit my number one book, if you all know me, listener, I am a book reader. You'll come to my office and you'll see my books. But oftentimes, if you come and ask me a question, I'll say, hey, why don't you look into this or read this? And Chris knows I've highlighted, I have um, page breaks and marks. And yeah, for, the, for the person listening today, let me just confess right now, I don't read books as fast as Angie thinks I should read books. And so she's gotten into the habit of not just handing me a book, but handing me bookmarks saying, hey, I read this, just read the highlights. <laughs> right, right. But my new book for 2023 is actually kind of, um, it's not brand new. It's called Take the Stairs. It's, a, it's actually um, out in the secular market, but the writer is a Christian. And it's all about self-discipline. Mm. And this is what Peter's talking about. He's not saying, oh, you've got, God's given you everything. So just sit there. And I think I even said it last week, just bask, you know, just be and just don't even worry about a thing, kind of like that song, you know, kind of no worries, be happy. That's not what he's saying here. <laughs> that is a throwback, Angie. <laughs> I've not thought of Bobby McFarlane yeah, for a I long know. time. But, yeah. but that's the whole idea. He's saying, no, make every effort. Discipline yourself. Work towards this goal of living like Christ. And if we sit here and say that um, Peter didn't understand this, we wouldn't quite um, yeah. have a, a grasp on what where he's at, what he's been through. And right. he's made a lot of efforts. He's made, not always made great effort because we know that he had some tough times as we um, read in scriptures that he had times where he denied Christ. And here's the deal. In that effort, sometimes we're not always going to make the right choice. And I think we have to give ourselves grace because God automatically gives us grace. But the effort that is a heart effort it's a desire to grow towards Jesus. Absolutely. So he's telling us, make every effort to respond to these promises. And he goes on and he says, he uses the next word, supplement, uh-huh. to supplement. Yeah, that's uh, I text when, you when about you, that. <laughs> when you think of the word supplement, what comes to your mind? Vitamins, mm-hmm. a diet, maybe mm. salt on eggs, mm-hmm. <laughs> flavor. I know you're a griller, right? Chris? I am a griller, Yes. And flavor's a big deal to you. Huge deal. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Seasoning that meat properly or for long enough to give it the fullest flavor possible is is really critical to me. You know, my mom always used to say, hey, are you taking your vitamins? Yeah. She was big at pushing vitamins. Uh, And if my mom's listening today, I just, I have a confession to make. I am not supplementing my life (laughs) with vitamins as I should today. But he says here, supplement your faith. Make, Make every effort to respond to these promises by supplementing your faith, he says, with a generous provision of moral excellence, that's character, yep. goodness, moral excellence with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love for one another. It's quite a list. Yeah. And we could talk about character for a long time. 
we can. We this is kind of, I guess you could say, a pinnacle in um, a lot of things we can look at. We can look at how this applies to our marriages. We can look at it how it applies to parenting, how it applies to our jobs, the people, the things that we are doing. But Peter's saying, supplement your faith. He's saying there's more than just knowing. There's more than just knowing the facts about your faith. He's saying add to it these things. And they don't come in a ladder, which I think you mentioned on Sunday, that a lot of times we think, well, if I'm going to get good at this, then I'll be able to do this. If I have, you know, a really good moral knowledge and understanding, then maybe I'll can um, add to it a little bit of patience and endurance. No. Right. So don't start on the bottom rung. And then once you, you, once you master uh, moral excellence. Now you can move on to knowledge. No, it's not like that. It's it's working at all of these at the same time, and not one at a time. Yeah, I think oftentimes um, we we set with the idea that well, it's what we do. It's what people see. But as I was looking into this whole idea of character and building it across the board, I thought of one of my other favorite authors out there, Tim Elmore. And if you're a parent, you can actually, I looked this up because I wanted the listener to know that you can go get the teaching right on Google. And it's the iceberg principle on character. And that it is actually not just um, what you see and what you see above the water. It's what's below and what influences the decisions, what influences the relationships, the things that we're doing every day. And I think oftentimes we get stuck on what what we look like to others and even what we look like to Jesus. Well, I'm here on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Hey, I opened my uh, Bible this morning and I read my devotional. But when we meet up in the coffee shop with a friend who um, we don't um, necessarily... Uh, and I say this, and I say this as a woman, because this is what it is that we don't necessarily realize that sometimes we can get caught in gossip. We can get caught in, you know, a triangle of really hard relationships. Maybe somebody outside of that um, that table conversation, we start talking and we start slandering. I mean, this is reality, Chris. And we get into these hard, hard things. And um, Peter's saying, hmm. It's not just the um, making the right choices and moral excellence, the following Jesus's commands in the Bible, and then maybe uh, growing in knowledge and understanding of what that what the Bible says, maybe what um, who you are and your makeup of yourself. But guess what? That means that we add patience when we're in a hard relationship, when our kid is testing us to the limit. And they're really hard to, um, you know, discipline at that time. I want to fly off the handle. I want to react. And, he, and Peter's saying, no, use these things to help you. And it's not just helping me. It's helping the people around us. Right. You know, I, I appreciate the, the point there for the encouragement of the follower of Jesus, not to just simply rely on salvation. You know, I'm grateful for grace. I'm grateful for salvation. That's the foundation. That's what it is. It's a foundation. But we're not just to park there. We're to add to it. So we're add, we're, we're called to put function to our faith. And I think that's critical. Yes. So when it gets here into character, uh, moral excellence, I tell you what, uh, Peter understood even back in this generation that he's writing to and living in at this moment, the importance for followers of Jesus to look different than the world that they are currently engaged in. 
I think that's so true of today as well. I mean, we can't just look and say, well, Peter really didn't understand what it was like to live in our day. Hello, he's in prison, in Nero's prison, and facing execution for the faith. You know, I think we can understand that he had a hard a hard time in his generation as well. But the same is true for us. And my concern is that followers of Jesus today don't look that much different than the world. Our reactions aren't different. Our our responses aren't different. The uh, attributes of our life aren't always um, different. And I think we, we do our best to look like the world, but not separate us and stand out. Some of that revolves around character. And the character that we have in our life, you mentioned the coffee shop. I love coffee shops. Coffee shops, you can learn a lot about people in a coffee shop. You can learn a lot sitting uh, at a booth without headphones in and just listening to conversations around you. You can hear everything that's happening in town about everybody's opinion of something. Character, though, if you, I, I challenge people on Sunday, what would it be like if your name came up in conversation that somebody else is having? What would they say about you? Would they, would they say, oh, wow, this person is well-respected. This person seems to be one who has their life together when it comes to their faith. Uh, they seem to be growing. They seem to be transparent. They don't shy away from the fact that they have problems, but how they go about trying to better themselves through their problems, boy, it seems different than the way everybody else is. Right, right. And I think oftentimes uh, we forget that our character is developing in all ways at all times. It's kind of like the whole idea that we've said before that spiritual formation is not an option. Okay, so the word formation, which we know, like, it's always changing, always growing. So as a child, you, we, we, we are born, we don't just stay a child, right? We grow into mm-hmm. an adult. That's actually happening for you and I, even every day of our life. We're, we're, we're constantly growing in a spiritual formation. So why I say that when you, when you say that we don't always look like the world, I say this is because the spiritual formation is going to happen to us, whether we know it or not. We're going to be influenced by the things that we put in front of us, the things that we um, are um, experiencing, our circumstances, and how we grow is really our response to that formation. And, and so I say this is that oftentimes we're like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter if um, I do this or I do that. And our character, oh, it can slide here, but not over here. And actually, um, I think I, I disagree with that. It's a constant, what we've said before, long obedience in the same direction. And that's God forming our character, forming our um, decision-making, forming our relationships and the people around us to get us closer to not um, a, just a trophy on up on the um, man, mantle uh, saying, oh, I've become a Christian that looks a lot like Jesus. No, I act like a Christian. I live it out. And we're living it out in relationship with others. Because I think what you're saying is that it's not just saying, hey, I'm a Christian. It's not just the foundational truth, but it's also functional every day. So I wanted to kind of hit this um, theological point that I think that you and I, we may know this, but a lot of people, um, as they read their Bible, may not see this because we don't talk about it much. And that is the whole idea of imparted righteousness and practical righteousness. And so a lot of times we're like, Chris and I would say, you know, you are not saved by your works, right? Correct. That we believe that 100%. 100%. But how do you show your faith? It right. is by... Right, by your works. works. Yeah, I, and I tried to drive this home on Sunday. We are not saved 
because we are working hard to be a good person, because we're a moral person, because we are nice to people, we're kind, we're patient, uh, because we have all of these attributes. We're not saved because Mm -hmm. of that. But because we are saved, we work to add this list. Quite frankly, when you look at that list of seven things, that's a lifetime of things to work on. Is it oh, not right? Like it's never going to end. Like we are never fully made into Christ's image until we are at heaven in our right. you know final eternity. Right. So let me ask you this. This is this is a little bit of being put on the spot. We didn't talk about this earlier, so I'm going to oh. throw you a I'm going to throw you a curveball here. If if the listener is sitting here today and saying, "Well, how can I add moral excellence? What does what does moral excellence or what does adding character look like? Give me some really good ideas on what this might look like in life. How how do I start to apply this to my life? Well, what would you say? Um, first off, I would say what we kind of went back to is we have to discipline ourselves, and character isn't always um, just something we know; it's something we do, and so. I have to work on, I'm going to tell you a very, um, one of my weaknesses is I have to realize um, my tone because with my kids, I'm kind of, you know, the mom who makes sure everything's going, you're the CEO of the home. And so um, that's a good thing to do. But my character of understanding that I must have not only um, compassion, but a little bit of empathy for my kids, because I've been there, I've done that, but I have to watch my tone, my um, how I instruct them. And so every day I have to think through, am I um, just kind of losing that impatient attitude sometimes and I have a bad attitude. And I, so then what happens with my tone? Whoop, it kind of goes into the, you know, <laughs> it goes into the gutter and everybody takes me wrong. Even though I know that sometimes um, <clears throat> I, I really want to do something different. I have to discipline myself to really think through what's happening and what's going on around me. Another I, idea I would say is um, you have to do the hard things. Nobody wants to go through hard things. Would you agree that? Totally. Chris? Like it's hard to go through um, and admit you're wrong in a relationship. It's hard to be humble and um, forgiving sometimes when you hurt really bad because you really would like to have revenge in that circumstance. And so I think um, God desires to really hone us in when um, we talk about that patient endurance, that loving attitude, that care for others, even though we think that, well, I need care too, you know, like I'm important too. It's looking outside (coughs) yourself. And so anyway, those are just a few of my first thoughts because I'm a parent and I also know that um, uh, we are called to hard things. And you and I have talked about that a lot. It's interesting because you took the one I was going to say. Oh no! Uh, Well, when I think about this, I think we live in an area that, that people put on a lot of masks. They want to portray something that maybe deep down under the surface rooted mm-hmm. isn't really there. And so we put on a lot of masks and we want to portray ourselves as being people of character, people of knowledge, people who are faithful followers of Jesus. But I think one of the best ways that we develop our character is using the words, I was wrong. wrong. Will you forgive me? Uh, that is character development because, as you as you alluded to, it's it's humiliating. It, it is <laughs> and humiliating. It's, it's humbling uh, <laughs> at the same time. It's it's humbling ourselves and applying humility to our lives. And sometimes it's humiliating to have to go back and say, 
I don't want to have to confess this. I don't want to have to admit this, but I was wrong. I should have acted different. Um, my actions and reactions weren't good. Would you forgive me? I'm trying to work in this area. That's character development. That's moral excellence mm-hmm. because you are admitting and you're trying to, to learn from it. But I tell you what, the next time I'm in a situation like that, I think to myself, I didn't like having to go back and ask forgiveness. That was painful in that process. I'm going to try not to have that same response this right, time, which is, endurance. which is growth, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's a really positive thing. And so I think one of the things is being able to admit, I don't have this all figured out. Yeah. And it's not just in um, your relationship with adults. It's actually one of the hardest places to be <laughs> humble and is as a parent to admit, yeah. you know what? I made that wrong mistake. I responded. I, my, I was uh, totally um, impatient and I reacted to the situation. And when we do this, our, our kids see this in real life. Um, so I love this um, book because um, this takes the stairs that I'm starting has this whole idea of when we say make every effort and supplement, there's a concept here that he points out as we, I'm, I'm going further into the book is one, we have to influence our first, our, ourself first, because then only when we influence ourselves first, can we influence another which we all want to um, be great parents. We want to be a great coworker. We want to have a, a, a good a marriage. So what? what's the first thing? It, the first thing is me. The second thing is another. And then you begin to influence a group, which is a family, a um, maybe a, a job, a situation, maybe a, a small group or a, a friend group. And then it's a community. Isn't it interesting, though? I think we reverse that, don't we? Yes. We think, I want to I look very publicly like I have it all figured out and be an influence there. And then I want to kind of be an influence in my family. And then I want to be an influence in my marriage. But then, you know, when I have time, I'll kind I'll, of work on I'll myself. I'll work on myself. And it's total opposite. Absolutely flips the table on that And chart. that's why I think um, Peter said this first out. He kind of laid a picture for us of who he was in Christ and his just his journey, which I love. He says, you, you have everything thing you need. Make the effort. Do this. This isn't just an option to to sit on the sidelines and to say, hey, I I have my insurance. I'm going to heaven. No, it's not. Walk it out. One thing I haven't done is count how many times he uses the word every or alludes to every or fullness in that mindset because he's pretty much, when he writes this, you you have everything you need. Make every effort. Basically, he's saying, hey, I'm tired. No, Don't even try excuses on me. (laughs) Right? Right. Hey, get after it. Put it, put it in the practice. It's like a coach who's coaching hard because he understands the storms are coming. You have to be ready. Oh, you, and if you you're not in be. condition, you will not endure long enough to see uh, a game through. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is in life. Yeah. We are never promised that the storms would stay away. I think oftentimes we think, well, we're going to be okay. We'll, we'll weather that. And in Jesus sends those storms, I mean, Okay, I read this the other day in a devotional, and I don't know if many of you thought about this, but Jesus sent the disciples out into the Sea of Galilee, and he knew, he, he's God, and he's Jesus all the same one, so he knew the storm was coming. So the storm wasn't necessarily one of those things where he could have just said, oh, there doesn't need to be a storm in those disciples' lives. No, he actually came into contact with them in that storm so that he could develop their faith and see who he really was. Isn't that interesting? He could have prevented the storm so they would never have to face anything. And I think that's a parenting issue, right? I was probably guilty. Uh, I will own it. I was guilty. Uh, I prevented my kids from having to go through some of the hardship that now I kind of wish they would have endured earlier on and, and then maybe 
today would have been that much further yeah. down the road. And Indeed. I don't want to say I protect them from everything, but sometimes as a parent, we're trying to make sure no storms come into our kids' lives, but that's not developing the character that they need when they become adults. Yeah. So dig those roots deep because yeah. we need it. When the storms come, it's good, definitely going to keep us grounded. It's going to keep us uh, growing in the right things and in the right ways. One thing I want to do as we draw this to a conclusion today is in this section of, of this section of scripture, he goes on, he says, hey, in view of all this, make sure you give every effort to responding and supplement your faith. And he says, you know, add all of these things. And we already worked through the list of seven things that he did. But really, he calls us to a response. Verses eight and nine, he really says, hey, there's really two possible responses that you have here. Uh, one is to obey and become more productive. The more you grow, the more productive and useful you'll be. The more you'll grow in your knowledge of this, you'll be productive. You'll be useful. Or you can choose not to, and you can disobey these commands, and you'll be short-sighted and blind. Now, I like that because he's really saying to us, you have two options. You don't have three options. You don't have four options. You don't have a neutral ground. You either obey this, and you will be fruitful. You'll be useful. Or you disobey it, and you'll be short-sighted and blind. But... To me, that's a challenge. And so to the listener who maybe is going back and watching the sermon series, maybe they're going to pick up Second Peter and open the scripture. Maybe they'll, they'll listen online or something to that extent. I really want them to focus on this list. What am I going to do with this? How much of our life and even the character development is applying the things we know to our life? Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier, this isn't just a Sunday morning thing. This is something that we put into our practice Monday through Saturday as well. Yeah, all day long, every um, circumstance and every relationship we have. And so um, I know that uh, he gives us those two options, obey or not obey. And isn't it funny? Because we often kind of think, well, we got a choice in this, you know. Well, you do have a choice. And it's one way or the other. And that's the whole idea that um, we have to make the effort. We have to do something. We have to get up and walk out our faith. Yeah. We want to thank you for joining us for this conversation today as we've continued on in this Rooted series. Uh, Angie's been fun to continue to unpack. Obviously, we're just taking a small section of a 30-minute sermon and trying to unpack it a little bit deeper. Put down some roots, if you will, uh, into what the sermon series is all about. So to the listener, we're thankful that you have joined us. If you you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, giving us a thumbs up, we would really appreciate that. But we will be back next week as we take a deeper look at Rooted uh, number three episode of the season. So thank you for joining us. At Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.